John chapter 10. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1, but uh, I'm only going to show the final, the final verse here, verse 10. That's what we're going to make this whole series out of. Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger, or voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Can we say amen? amen. Let's read that last verse together out loud. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I want to preach on the life of God. There's a little word in the Greek language here in this verse 10 called life, and it's, it's translated from the word zoe. Now, etymologically, this is where we get the term zoology, um, but zoe. There's another term used in the Greek New Testament for life, which is bios, which is where we etymologically get the term biology, okay? But bios, in my understanding, relates more to biological life, living, whereas zoe is what's used over and over in Scripture for eternal life. So one is like the natural life. The other is the quality of life that God can only bring. So if you're a believer in here, you're born again, you've accepted the Lord into your heart, you've stepped into the Zoe life of God. Or let me put it another way. His life has come into you. His life has now come into you. When you got saved, it wasn't just a decision. It wasn't just, uh, I'm going to follow this philosophy. It wasn't just a social organization. I'm going to sign the role of a church. It wasn't just a group you joined. It was a complete life transformation that happened to you. When the life of God came into you, a complete and total transformation happened spiritually. And then what's on the inside starts working on the outside. And what's internal starts working on the external. And then it affects everything. This is why we've often used a phrase in our advertisements and on our billboard that I've used around the office and in church a lot. And that is, Jesus changes everything. Come on, say it with me. Jesus changes everything. Because when he comes in, everything, everything shifts. Everything shifts. It's, it's, it's as if you put on a new pair of glasses, these glasses of eternal life, and now everything is viewed through a different lens. Can we say amen? amen. Zoe, 
the life of God. And I want to set the context just a little bit. If you look back into uh, John chapter 9, there was an uh, 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 instance here where Jesus healed a blind man. And the blind man got into an argument with the religious leaders of the day who were called the Pharisees. And at the end, Jesus really cr criticizes the Pharisees because they kicked this blind guy who can now see, they kicked him out of the synagogue. And so Jesus went and found the guy and said, do you believe on the Son of God? And he said, Lord, I, I don't even know who, who it is. And he said, I'm the one you're talking to. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. That's a powerful verse proving Jesus is the Son of God. Because some other faiths will ask you, did Jesus ever declare himself to be the Son of God? That's one of the passages. But anyhow, after that, then he criticized the Pharisees. He said, you guys are not blind, but you can't see. This guy was blind, but now he can really see. Not only physically, he's awakened spiritually. You guys can see physically, but you're, but you're darkened spiritually. And then you have to remember in the early writing of the, of the New Testament letters, there, was no, there were no chapter divisions. So think chapter divisions were added centuries later. So this reads as one fluid text. Right after Jesus criticizes the Pharisees, then he comes and he says, Most assuredly I say unto you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold, by, does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, he's a thief and a robber. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Pharisees. And then he says, all who came before me were thieves and robbers. Talking about the Pharisees and the false leaders of Israel. If you go back to Ezekiel chapter 34, Ezekiel condemns the false shepherds of Israel for not having the people as their concern. And he condemns them in Ezekiel 34. And this is like a New Testament version of it. And so Jesus pits himself against the Pharisees. And he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And I am the door of the sheepfold. To get into this fold, you have to pass through me. And not only that, I'm the good shepherd. There are eight I am statements of Jesus in the book of John. Two of them are included in this passage we read. I am the good shepherd and I am the door of the sheepfold. Meaning, you know, there's an ancient writer named John Chrysostom who said this, when Jesus said he was the door of the sheepfold, it meant in relationship with the Father that he is the way to the Father. He is the way to eternal life. He is the way to heaven. But when we come through him and speaking of horizontal relationships, he is the way into the blessed life or the abundant life. You see, some people believe that if they become a Christian, they're going to, they're, they're, it's just going to be a bummer. God's coming to judge you. God's coming to rain on your parade. God's come to take all the fun out of life. But actually serving Jesus is the better life. Actually, it is the blessed life. It is the more abundant life. And one translation says, I think the NIV says, he came to give life and to give life to the full. The amplified version you know, amplifies this Greek term abundance and it says he's come to give life and life more abundantly to the overflow. How many of y'all are living in the overflow? You got so much Jesus in you, it's overflowing on your family, 
It's overflowing in your workplace. It's overflowing in your friends' lives. They know you got something pouring out of you that they want to come around and soak up a little bit of it. Hallelujah. How many can raise your hand and say, I know I'm living the good life? If you know the Lord, you're living the good, you have the good life. Because we think that God has come just some, see, you know, we have all these folklore traditions and traditional statements in church that weren't Bible, but we just kind of bought into them. They're like sacred cows, you know. God helps those who help themselves. No, actually, God helps those who can't help themselves. I could go on. I'm a, that's another sermon series. This ain't in the Bible. Incorrect English, but we should call a series that. This ain't in the Bible. Maybe you thought it was. So anyhow, but some of that is we, we, carry, these, we carry this suffering mentality sometimes that if we don't suffer, that we can't get anything from God. And I, I don't know that I see that in Scripture. You know, I, I believe God has come to bless us we do sometimes suffer at the hands of men or persecution. The enemy tries to bring that into our lives. But God doesn't say, follow me and I'm going to ruin your life. Follow me and I'm going to make it so hard you're going to barely be able to breathe. I don't read that anywhere in the Bible. Jesus said, come learn of me. Take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is I'm here to he's saying to take the yoke of this world's pressures and the yoke of sin off of you and to make your life blessed Deuteronomy chapters 28 29 30 he told Israel if you disobey my commandments I'm going to bless you because that was God's that was the heart of the father I want to bless you I'm going to bless you I'm going to make you high above all the nations of the earth I'm going to make you the head, not the tail. I'm going to bless you going in, coming out. Bless you at home and bless you in the field. I'm going to bless your offspring. I'm going to bless your cattle and all of your flocks and all of your bank account. I'm going to bless you in your body. Hallelujah. He had, there was no one diseased person in the nation of Israel, evidently in the 40 years they were in the wilderness. Not only that, they didn't have to go replace their clothing because their shoes and clothes didn't wear out. Somebody say blessed life, abundant life. We want to live in the overflow life. So I'm going to give you three things here this morning about the blessed life, the overflow life, the nature of God coming into us. Number one, that we have to establish this fact and this truth, and it's a biblical truth, it's a theological truth, and that is God is absolutely good. God is absolutely, ultimately, He's good. That is a theological virtue. Open up uh, most theological textbooks, systematic theologies, dogmatic theologies, and they'll have characteristics of God. One of them is God is good. God is love. God is righteous. God is holy. God is good. It's like we can't change the virtues of God. We can't change the character of God. It isn't like he was good yesterday, but he's not going to be good tomorrow. No, he's good all the time. Because whatever God is, he's that all the time. If he was good yesterday, he's good today. If he's good today, he's good tomorrow. How are we going to make it next week? God's going to be good next week. How are we going to make it in 2024? My God's going to be good in 20. People may go crazy, but God's going to be good. 
I can always wake up every morning and depend on the goodness of God and that he's looking out for my best interest. That he's looking out for me. That I can walk and have that confidence that God is looking out for me. And we need to agree on this so we can pray together, so we can agree together, and so we can walk together. Okay, listen to these verses. Psalm 145, verse 8. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. Psalm 119.68, you are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. So when God had original intention for mankind, and you know what? If you look at the Creator, when someone creates something, when they have a blueprint for it, that's the original intention of the Creator. Now if somebody messes it up, you have to take it back to the inventor or take it back to the manufacturer who can get it back according to the blueprint and specifications. Right? If something's, so God had an original intention for humanity. And that original intention was be fruitful and multiply and take dominion over the earth. And he placed that man and woman in a garden of paradise. That was his original intention for humanity. They were to live forever in these earthly bodies. Your body was intended to live forever. They were never intended to die. They were never created for that. They weren't created for sickness and disease. They weren't created for poverty and lack. They weren't created for sin and wickedness. They were created to serve God in righteousness and holiness and walk in Him, and they didn't know any different. They didn't know any different. Their own disobedience blew the deal. And God drove them out of the Garden of Eden. But when He came back in the form of His Son, John chapter 3, for God so loved the world that He gave that we could have eternal life. The goal was to send His Son so that we could have eternal life in Him. And so his goal really was to get us back to the original intent. It's interesting that the Bible begins with the story of the garden and ends when we're in a garden-like existence in the New Jerusalem. It's like a full, a full inclusio, so to speak, has happened. We've come full circle back to what God intended us to have. Can somebody shout amen? amen. Oh, hallelujah. But, but know that God's intention for mankind was good. He wanted good for humanity. You know, we do good for our kids. We do good for our grandkids. And uh, how much more does God want good for us? I was, uh, I was coming early during the week while the band was practicing. I would come early and watch my oldest grandson. Some. His name's Mav. He's three years old. And he's the sweetest dude you'll ever be around. But his energy's over on 10. And so one night he was in my office with me and he goes out the office doors and then he takes off and I lose sight of him. And so I lost sight of him and I thought, oh, snap. And I got nervous because I trust all y'all, but I still got nervous. And so I kind of came in a rush to the, to the uh, foyer there and I saw his mom came out and said, where's Mav? I'm like, I don't know where Mav is. And eventually, uh, Judy was in the nursing mother's room. Said he just walked in the nursing mother's room, opened the door, flipped the lights on, and sat down. 
I think he knows where the rocking chairs are, you know? But nonetheless, I got super nervous over where is he, where is he, man? I can't, I don't want him out of my sight. And I just thought about it. If I, being earthly, care that much, how much more does a perfect heavenly father care where you've wandered off to? How much more does he care for you? How much more is he seeking you out? How much more does he want the best for you? How much more is he moving in your life and arranging pieces that you don't even know about? How much more is he making connections and opening doors for you that you have no idea about? Come on, somebody. Shout it out. My God is ultimately good. He is good. He came to open the door to the sheepfold to show the way for us to be in this new life with Him. Second truth I want to share about this is that when you're born again, we know God is good. That's the basis. When you're born again, the life of God comes into you. The zoe, abundant, eternal life comes into your being. Let me show you. John 14, verse 23. Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we'll make our home with him. We're going to come set up house with you. So when you ask the Lord into your heart, it wasn't just a, you know, a philosophy you're going to buy into. No, you opened up the door of your heart to have the eternal Father and Son come and sit down and make their Home with you. 1 Peter 1. His divine power has, been given to, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. So now, because He's living in us, we are partaking of the divine nature and we have access through the promises of God. 1 John 5.11 This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in His Son and who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. John 20 verse 3 These are written, John said, all of these things. This gospel was written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that believing you may have life, Zoe, in His name. Jesus said, I say to you in John chapter 5, He who hears my word, believes in Him who sent me, has everlasting life, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death unto life. That should make you want to run around the parking lot. Amen. That when you accepted the Lord into your life, He took the judgment for you, and now judgment has passed over you, and now instead of death, you get life. Instead of death, and now Paul says in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. That means the condemnation has been taken off of your life. The judgment, the sentence, the, the, all of that has been erased from you and now God has given you free grace and blessing on your life. 
That's the good news. That's good news. Come on, somebody shout out, that's good news. That is good news. We have passed from death unto life because we've been spiritually awakened. So God is good. Life of God now is in you. And let me tell you something. This is the third thing I want to say is that when that happens, a change takes place. There's a change that takes place. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I don't think some people understand, like when we have a meeting like we did this week. I don't think some people fully understand what happened to them. And that is when you come up and you repent of your sins and you confess the Lord according to Scripture, He comes and lives in you. He brings the life of God in you. He opens the door to the sheepfold, allows you into His own family. And now He becomes the shepherd of your soul. This is what happens. You say, well, I didn't feel that much. Hang on, it's coming. Come on, we don't, we don't, faith doesn't work by feelings. You aren't saved by feelings. It's good, to, it's good to feel something, believe me. But if you're saved by faith, you're healed by faith, you receive the baptism of spirit by faith, sanctified by faith, all this comes by faith and it's not dependent upon feelings. I can guarantee you one thing, feelings are going to follow faith. I, why? I've been doing this long enough. Feelings will follow faith. Can you say Amen. It will follow. But you have to walk away saying, Lord, I thank you that I'm saved by grace. I confess it in my life. Jesus is Lord of my life. And then God starts an internal process in your life where he takes the old you and resurrects you internally. The spirit man comes alive to God. You put on that different set of glasses and then he starts working on the outside. That's why Romans 12 says that now we need to renew our minds with the Word of God. And as we get into the Word of God, our thinking starts to change. And our thinking starts matching up with what's happened on the inside of us. And then God starts working through the soul part of man, the mind, the will, the emotions. And He starts bringing them into conformity with the spirit man that has now been born again. Because now you're going to be led by the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. You're no longer led led by emotion. You're no longer led by passions. Now you're led by the Holy Spirit connecting with your spirit inside of you. Now you know the shepherd's voice and a stranger you will not follow. Now you're protected by the bishop and high priest of your soul, Jesus Christ. Now you've been transferred from an earthly existence into a heavenly kingdom. Now you've been made an ambassador of love in his name. Now you're a living proof, an eyewitness, a testimony. Exhibit A in the courtroom of God of what God's love can do and how God can turn a man or woman around. And somebody who used to be a loser is now a winner. Hallelujah. God took you out of the kingdom of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of light and the kingdom of His Son that you should show forth the praises of Him. Hallelujah. Can somebody shout amen? I'm not the same man 
I used to be. There's been a change in me. I'm not the same person I used to be. There's been a change in me. As the holiness people used to say, he's on the inside, working on the outside. I know there's been a change in my life. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. Come on, give him a shout hallelujah. Zoe, eternal life into the heart of the believer. Medieval theologians believed in something called grace elevating nature. And I want to just put it in my own, my own spin on it. When grace comes in, when the life of God comes in, He elevates everything in your life. Your thinking is elevated. Your potential is elevated. I believe everything is elevated in your life. I believe it's all elevated. You know, I told the early crowd, if y'all would have known me at 15, and if I would have continued on that trail, I don't think we'd had videos today congratulating me. I don't think I would have had any video congratulations. But something happened to me. Something happened to me. Something happened to me. Come on, how many of y'all can wave at me and say, Pastor, something happened to me too. Something dynamic happened. Something happened. I remember I was so shy as a child, I didn't want to, you know, I'm still an introvert by nature, but I was really shy as a child and wouldn't speak to people in public. And once I got saved and got filled with the Holy Ghost, I won a poetry, con won a poetry thing in one of my classes. You think, what's that have to do with anything? A lot. I got filled with the Holy Ghost and he gave me boldness. You know, one of the evidences of the Spirit, I believe, in the book of Acts is great boldness. Great boldness came upon the apostles and they preached the word. I was, I was a really good student when I was young. Then I got kind of lost, it seems like, for a few years and, and kind of, but then it came back to me. And when I went to university, I fell in love with academics and have been pursuing it all of these years. That happened, I believe, because God got a hold of me and sparked something in my heart that caused me to be hungry and to search for the, even my guitar playing. I played guitar years ago, and I played, you know, I learned to play folk guitar, started playing rock and roll guitar. Me and my cousin had some little rock and roll bands in high school, but then I got saved, and I went to church, and we had to turn all the distortion off the guitars. And I thought, well, all I can do is I can chunk a little bit, and that's all I could do. But then I prayed, and I said, Lord, I give you my music. I give it to you. It's yours now. Sanctify it. Sanctify me. So when I step into the platform, I want to be, if the preacher needs to be living right, I want to be living right. Because I'm a minister. I'm ministering music. So I really took it seriously. And then, there were, then God started elevating that gift. And there were, there were nights we would be playing, and I would hear stuff come out of my amplifier that I thought, where is that coming from? How cool. Y'all going to think I'm out there, but I felt at times I heard angels. Let me go on a side trail because sometimes it's nice to hunt rabbits on a side trail. If heaven, if I understand heaven correctly, there's a lot of music going on. And it's all talking about anointed it's in the pure anointing and it's worshiping him so God has created music as a spiritual medium I believe 
So when we worship like we did today, we get a taste of what's happening up there. That's why things start happening in a worship service like that. We get a taste of heaven. Dana started singing. I felt a taste of heaven coming down. We get a glimpse beyond the veil of what's happening. Oh, hallelujah. Back on the main trail. God takes your, by grace, He comes and elevates your nature. He comes and elevates you into, God can give you business ideas. God can give you all kinds of cool stuff. There was a guy who, there was a, there was a Christian guy who invented a, 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 a brand of compound bows. I, uh, it's Matthew's bows, I think they're called. Anyhow, I saw a testimony of this guy. He was a Christian, and he had all this, you know, very expensive wood-cutting tools and all this, but he loved music, loved playing guitar. So he said he prayed, and he said, Lord, show me a better way to build a guitar. I got all this wood-cutting equipment, and show me a better way. So he sat down, and he started designing a guitar, and instead of having the sound hole, the acoustic guitar, right over the strings, he moved it up so the reverberation of the strings could vibrate more on the sound, on the, on the, the sound, the tone wood. Then he took the fretboard and he extended it to where it would kind of be suspended in air over the soundboard, creating a greater resonance. It's, and they're called McPherson guitars. They're about $10,000. I don't have one, <laughs> but I'm just saying. They're super cool. I landed in Nashville one time and encased in the airport are Gibson guitars. And also there was a case with a McPherson guitar in there. I thought, I'm in the right place. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's just somebody letting that life of God in you come out and let God bring something out of it that you wouldn't normally get into. You said, yeah, I know, I know that I feel the, I feel the cold wave on it. Yeah, but any, any earthly guy can do that. No. Sorry. They can come up with their stuff, but God can give you things that are supernatural. There's a man named Turneau. Doug Eccles used to have a book on his life that he would sell on his book table. This man started praying. He eventually got to where he gave away, I think, 90% of his income. But and he, Oral Roberts knew of this story, and it really blessed Oral Roberts. But he started inventing moving machines. I'm talking big earth-moving machines. And God started giving him the designs for these things. And he invented some crazy cool stuff. Amen? Think of Pascal, who's, you know, instead of Pascal, he was mind on fire. Think of Johann Sebastian, Sebastian Bach, who would sign his works solely Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. And I know from studying classical music, that the classical guitarist that I, were, I was around said, you know, Bach is the holy grail of classical guitar. We can play Spanish classical. I'm, a, I'm down a rabbit trail again. <laughs> I don't know rabbits. But anyhow, but look, at, but look at that music. And he wrote music for church. He was a church musician. Come on, somebody. Why? Because God, the life of God comes in you, a change takes place in you, and God gives you the ability to walk in things you didn't previously walk in. 
He comes and elevates the nature. He comes and gives you the ability to walk in stuff you didn't walk in before. I believe some of you young guys that got saved are going to be better students. You're going to go on to college and do amazing things. Some of you adults that got saved and felt like too many years had passed and you had burned some bridges, God's going to rebuild some bridges. And he's going to make your latter days greater than the former days. Hallelujah. Why? Because he saves the best for last. And that's just what kind of God he is. Why? Because now you've stepped over into the abundant life. Some of you that are in debt, you're coming out of debt in Jesus' name. Some of you have been struggling with sicknesses in your body. You're going to be healed in Jesus' name, coming out of that. Hallelujah. Some of y'all have been struggling with addictions or something, sin in your life. You're coming out of that because sin shall no longer have dominion over your mortal body. You're a new person now. You're a changed person now. You've already partaken of the divine life of God. That Holy Ghost power is moving through you. You now are authorized to lay hands on the sick, and you now are authorized to preach the gospel. Come on. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Now that the life of God is in you, you have communion with Him. You can go before the throne of grace boldly. Now that the life of God is in you, all darkness has to be dispelled from your life. Now that you have the life of God in you, the love is now overflowing in your heart. And you realize if God could forgive me of all this, how can I not forgive everybody else of everything? Come on, somebody. Now that the love of God is flowing in your heart, you have the ability to work in His divine power, in His divine authority. Sin will no longer have dominion over you, but you're the one doing damage to the devil's kingdom now. For the Son of God was manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil and now he's deputized you to go forward and do his bidding. Somebody put your hands together and give the Lord a praise. And you know, it, it's, I'm going to shut it down here, but now the life of God is in you. Goodness of God now is your mantra. Goodness of God now is your song. And now he comes and a change has been made in you. And now you are now an ambassador of his love, walking in the newness of life. And I kind of got off on a trail this morning. I was like, some people, you know, just want us to come and affirm. We've, I don't want us ever to lose the concept of a changed life. If we lose that, we've lost everything. Because the gospel isn't just an addition. It doesn't just add on to your life. No, he comes and changes your life. Because so many people want to continue in their current state and have us as the church just bless them instead of preaching a changed life to them. And this is where our country is going until we turn it around. It's where we're going until we turn it around. I saw this week that California had passed a bill stating that an adult could have sexual relations with a 14-year-old or above if it's consensual or if the judge in that district determines it's consensual. That's evil and it's wrong. We need to pray it out. Now they're changing the... So what the enemy does is he comes and wants you to change the names of things. So it's a soft sell. It doesn't sound as wicked or as bad as it really is. He wants to mask the problem. So now a child molester, a pervert, is now in some states being called a, 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 
an adolescent attracted person. No, you are a pervert. And it's wrong. It's evil. It's evil. You need a changed life, man. And I'm not going to assuage your conscience or, or pat you on the back because you're doing evil. This gospel demands a changed life. You can't, we can't bless your mess. God's not going to bless your mess. He's going to clean house. And He's going to fill you up with His goodness. Amen? And you're going to become a living testimony. You cannot, the Bible says, Bible says, man shall not dress like a woman, and a woman shall not dress like a man. Cross-dressing, transvestite, evil to the core. Why? Because it's distorting the nature of God. And I understand there's, a, there's an insidious underlying undertone, and that is to expose kids to this, to shock them into this kind of evil, so they'll be open prey. Not on my watch, not at Fountain of Life Church, not in Elizabeth City. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You gotta be changed. You gotta be you gotta come to the altar. You gotta come the way of the cross. Hallelujah. Bible says, a man shall not lie with a man as with a woman. It's evil. Woman shall not lie with another woman as a man. It's evil. I'm not, I'm not patting it on the back. It's wrong. It is not in our bylaws. It's not in our doctrine. It will not be at Fountain of Life Church. You need a life change, my brother. Hallelujah. Bible says adultery is wrong. Come on. Drunkenness is wrong. Lying is wrong. Stealing is wrong. Treating your neighbor in, a, in an unfair way is wrong. Lying in court is wrong. Come on. There's still a life change that needs to be happened. What the devil wants is for everybody to get to the point to where there is no more sin. Because if there's no sin, then there's no life change demanded. And if no life change is demanded, we don't need a Bible. We don't need a Savior. We don't need a church. But I'm telling you, the truth is, mankind is depraved. And he needs a Savior. Hallelujah. We need a Savior. We need one who hung up on a cross for us. We need one who went into the grave. We need one who on the third day rose up from the dead conquering sin death and hell come on we need the blood we need the blood we need the righteousness of God come on somebody I need the Holy Ghost I need power in my life from heaven I need a changed heart a changed mind a renewed life come on if you believe it give him a shout of praise come on hallelujah give him a shout of praise hallelujah Come on, just say it. There's been a change in me. I'm not the man I used to be. All things have passed away since Christ has set me free. There's been a change in me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, everybody stand, and we're going to pray right now. Thank y'all for listening to me. I don't, I'm not being, don't mean to be mean here, but it's some things just need to be said. We need to, we need to declare certain things. Certain things have to be prophesied and declared. Certain things have to be preached. You know, there was a guy years ago in the 1700s who toured America from France, and he did an evaluation of America, and he went back to to, to France and he said, "This is my conclusion," and I'm going to rough this. He said, this is my conclusion. America is good, not because of their great education system or because of their government. America is good because the pulpits 
preach the gospel. And America's good because the people are good. He saw it. He saw the effect of that. Amen? Effect of a Holy Ghost preaching. Hot as fire. Preaching hot as fire. Amen? I could preach three ways to be a better you, but I'd rather preach this. There's an eternal life. You have an, op you have an opportunity. The door of the sheepfold is calling you. Come on in. It's the good life. Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Way of the transgressor is hard. You want to live a rough life? Go live in hard sin for about 30 years. You'll look about 50 years older. You'll, you'll be wrecked inside with people you've cheated and stuff you've done and lied to. You want a, you want a good life? Serve the Lord. Walk in that grace and love. Walk in that mercy every day. Come on, let's all pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God, for this word. Thank you for the Zoe life in us, God. Bless each and every one under the sound of my voice and touch their lives. Lord, in Jesus' name, minister by your power, Lord, to each one today. Encourage those that need encouraging. Convict those who need convicting, Lord. And God, set us all on fire. Bless the meetings tonight, God, and the rest of this week. Let it be a Holy Ghost fire meetings, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. And now as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, is there, is there anyone in here who says, Pastor, I'm not serving the Lord, but I heard you preach and I feel the conviction of, of God on my life right now. And I want to surrender my heart to Jesus right now. If that's you, let me see your hand. Just raise it up right quick so I can see it. You can put it right back down, but thank you guys. Maybe there's some of you saying, Pastor, I just feel there's sin that's blocking my relationship with God and there's stuff I just need to get out. If that's you, let me see your hand. We're going to pray for you right now. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody praying out loud. Father in heaven, I confess and repent of all sin. And I lay it at your feet. Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. Take away the sin. I confess that you are my Savior, that you are my Lord. Jesus, I confess that you died for my sins and you rose from the grave. I believe in you with all my heart. I thank you for forgiving me and cleansing me in your blood. Come on, every hand lifted up in, in here right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray Holy Spirit freedom over everyone in this room. I pray Holy Spirit freedom over everyone in this room. Those who are carrying burdens, Lord, let them carry them no more. Let them lay them at your feet today. Holy Spirit freedom come to each person in this room. Satan, I bind your power and authority. You have no place among the people of God. Every person free in here today. Every person free in here today. Every person free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every person free in Jesus' name. And Lord, we give you praise right now. We Come on, hands lifted. Come on, give him a few more minutes here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Things breaking right now. Hallelujah. We declare health. We declare healing. We declare freedom over this congregation. We declare Elizabeth City will be known as the city of God. In the name of Jesus in North Carolina. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We declare freedom right now, God. We declare freedom right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. 
Thank you, Lord, for your power setting us free. Thank you, Lord, for that new life on the inside. Thank you, Lord, for that Zoe, that God kind of life living on the inside. Lord, we give you praise and we give you honor. We bless your name right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Go ahead and give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Come on, go ahead and lift your voice. And Hey guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. And I hope these sermons have been a great blessing and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, he is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracle signs and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us.